Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Hello and welcome to the Leveling Up podcast with me, George Swift. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast and never miss an episode. In today's episode, we are looking at whether the right strategy for you right now is to go with the flow or to go against the grain. Both of these strategies are valuable, they're both valid, but they're not always the most valid for every individual at every single time. In this episode, I'll explain just a minute once we get into that content. I'm not going to tell you what you should do because it's impossible for me to know what the right strategy is for you. As with all of my content, I really just want to push you, probe you, prod you, get you to analyze, reanalyze, to think about what is the right thing for you, to take the stuff that I'm offering you and to use it as a means to open up new opportunity and new possibility for yourself. Ultimately, you know your business, you know you, you know your industry and your market sector, and therefore, this episode is not about telling you what to do or instructing you what to do, but really getting you to think about what might be the best strategy for you right now, given the current set of circumstances, unique circumstances that we find ourselves in right now. I put this content out to my success group members, my mastermind members, and I wanted to make it available to you because I think it's really valuable for all small business owners right now. And again, you know, I'm answering the questions within my group. I'm answering the challenges that my members have within my groups, but I get to see themes there. You know, we've got 80 plus members now across success groups and our extreme growth masterminds, and I can see themes. And from those themes, I can ascertain what many other business owners are going through. And therefore, whilst I'm continually supporting and helping my mastermind members and my success group members, I also am very mindful of the challenges that you might be going through out there, someone that's not currently within my masterminds or within my success groups. And I really am committed to helping as many small business owners as I possibly can to achieve the success that they want and to achieve the quality of the life and their lifestyle that they want to achieve. I'm not going to give you any answers, I'll be honest with you. I'm just going to pose the question for you to investigate for yourself, do a bit of soul searching, maybe have a look at your own industry, look at what's going on out there in the world around you, in your marketplace, and in terms of what it is that you do as a business. But I want to pose a question, which is, right now, do you do the same as everybody else, or do you do the opposite of everyone else? And actually, both strategies have their own merits, and both obviously have their pitfalls as well. So I just want to talk to you, really investigate this with you, I suppose, more than anything, as to maybe what the best strategy is for you out there right now. So the first strategy, do the same as everybody else. Well, let's look at the drawbacks. There's inevitable drawbacks to that, which is how the hell do you stand out? How do you differentiate yourself? How do you look different to other people? How do you make your products, your services stand up and stand out against the cluttered landscape of everybody doing the same thing? 
at the moment, given what we're going through, the coronavirus, lockdown, etc., you know, there's certain repeated themes out there right now. If you take kind of my industry, I suppose, if you take like the business guru, the business coach, you know, there's a lot of them out there right now and they're running a number of themes. So, you know, there's a theme of how to, you know, how to beat Corona. You know, I've ranted about that in the past. I'm not going to it right now, but how you can beat Corona and beat this. Unprecedented times, unprecedented stuff right now. And uh, there's some people out there claiming to have all the answers. We're working out as we go along, let's be honest. Um, but, you know, there's that theme, which is how to beat Corona. Then you've got the other themes out there, for example, like... They're saying, you know, how to capitalize working at home, how to maximize your time, how to maximize whatever, right? That, that's one theme that you're hearing a lot out there. Um, other people are talking about the mindset and they're talking about the emotional situation of having people working from home, uh, self-isolation, you know, small business owners. So my game, you know, there's, there's only a handful really, and you'll see these yourself, just repeated themes over and over and over. And I'm going to be honest with you, I've kind of stepped back from that and out there in the external world, you're not going to see or hear a lot of me talking about these kind of themes, right? We'll come to that in just a little bit. Um, but for me, I've opted out of that conversation, right? I don't want to get caught up in how to work from home and the technologies you need to work from home, how to make working from home work for you. I've kind of opted out of these kind of conversations. But you've seen them out there, there's repeated themes. Accountants, for example, there's repeated themes, you know, they're taking on, you know, one aspect of it, either it's trying to impart information or translate the government uh, message or the government latest releases around whether it's furloughing or whether it's about grants or whatever what other support and help is out there for small business owners and again there's only a number of themes out there that you're seeing over and over again and you see this over and over again leadership is another one you know there's a whole load of again it comes under the coaching change management business consulting that kind of thing and again you know we see this theme repeated over and over again how do you manage your staff um, you know, remotely? How do you become a strong leader during a crisis? There's only a couple of these kind of themes out there. Now, the the, the downside of saying the same stuff, right, and, and doing the same things is obvious that you end up in a situation where you look like everybody else, you don't stand out from everybody else, and you may or may not be the best coach out there. Let's assume you're really good at what you do. Now, it's very hard for you to demonstrate that you're really good at what you do because when you put together a, you know, a five-minute presentation, a 10-minute presentation, even a one-hour webinar, it's very hard to separate you out from the crowd, right? So that's the negative aspect of it. The positive, of course, is there's these recurring themes that we're tuning into as an audience, right? So, you know, I'm assuming these themes are repeated because obviously there is a appetite, there's a need, a desire to get that information, right? Or at least to consume that information. So, you know, the good thing about jumping on the bandwagon is of course that you end up capitalizing on momentum, right? There's a trend, there's a shift, there's, you know, and, and we know that's a winning strategy and a winning formula in business, you know? Um, I saw something the other day about juicing. So I was quite late to the juicing revolution. Um, it was Jason Vale. He produced his uh, Super Juice Me kind of program, 28 Days Super Juice Me. When I say quite late, juicing had been around for some time before that. But for me, that was like the first thing that really gave me exposure to it. And again, not just me, but a lot of people. Now, Jason Vale's gone on to make a multi seven figure business um, around his juicing empire. However, really quickly off the back of that, we had Fat Sick and Nearly Dead. I do apologize, I can't remember his name right now, but Fat Sick and Nearly Dead, it was the Australian guy, very quickly on the back of Super Juice Me. Now, 
Was he introduced him before? I don't know. He was overweight. He was healthy. Uh, sorry, unhealthy. Had loads of kind of uh, different like illnesses or certainly predispositions to certain illnesses like diabetes, etc. And he went on the juice fast for two months. The idea being, could he reverse his uh, his weight issues? Obviously, number one, that goes without saying. And then obviously these other health conditions, could he improve his overall health? And obviously, could he stick to this thing for, you know, two months? So he did it. And Joe something, there you go. I remember his name's now, Joe something. And now he, you know, had a very successful uh, career, still does, okay, with the uh, fat, sick and nearly dead documentaries. He did two of them and his juicing empire, right? He was very quick off the back of that. Now, I saw someone the other day who was even later to the show than that. And she'd created, again, another multi-seven-figure business empire, creating a juice bar and juice recipes and juice diets and stuff like that. She was a long way from being the first. She was a long way after Jason Vale, for example, and Joe, whatever his surname is from Australia. However, she was quick enough that she could get swept along with the momentum that these two guys, you know, had really put in place with their documentaries. So she was, you know, on brand, she was on theme. And while she didn't innovate anything, and while she didn't uh, necessarily bring anything to the table, right, in terms of, you know, innovation, etc., what she did do was follow a theme, follow a trend, get into that conversation, get into that trend whilst it was absolutely still on that growth curve. And then even though juicing now has become a way of life for many people and there's multiple juice bars, etc., she got in early enough that she still could capitalize on being in the game early enough. Makes sense? So, you know, it's not a bad strategy to follow the trend. It's not a bad strategy. You know, newspapers do this all the time. Social media experts often, uh, content creators and that will tell you to do this. You know, if there's a certain trend for a certain story at the moment, there's a certain appetite for news, you know, to jump in on that and to comment on that and to put stuff out that's relate, you know, in relation to that. So it's a well-known strategy. If everyone's talking about a certain thing in the news, come in and talk about that as well. There's a good chance you'll jump on the trend bandwagon and you get swept up with that momentum, okay? So the question is, you know, what is it you've got to say? What is your industry saying right now? Um, Is there a genuine strategy for you here to go out and say the same things? in a similar way, but obviously it needs to come from you. It needs to be your personality, right? That's what's going to be your big differentiator here. But fundamentally, you're saying the same things. You're getting involved in the conversations that obviously people are already having, but obviously there's a desire and a need for those conversations because people are tuning in and they're listening and consuming that content. So it's not a case of me telling you now whether you should or you shouldn't. I just want you to consider right now if you're holding back from putting content out there or if you're holding back because you feel like you've got nothing to add to the conversation or you've got nothing different to say. I'm going to tell you now, I've definitely gone through this process myself. For the first two weeks of this crisis, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm sort of tracing, I'm saying now, what the hell do I say that's not already been said, right? So, you know, I've been talking to, um, you know, my guys in success groups and plus, and, you know, I'm talking to you lot. And, you know, but outside in the external world, I've kind of held back a little bit. And for the first two weeks, it it was not necessarily a, a... a choice as such, it was just a sense that there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of chatter, there's a lot of talking, there's a lot of inverted experts out there. Everyone's become an expert in in the game that we have. You know, everyone's an expert in, you know, communities and everyone's a, you know, an expert 
in groups and, you know, business and advice and all this sort of stuff. And I didn't really feel like I had anything particularly to contribute. Not that I didn't have anything to contribute, but just the fact that if I'm putting out there bite-sized chunks of information or, you know, you know, you know just even a 15-minute piece of information, I'm not really going to be able to stand out from everybody else other than me. It's me going out there and saying it. So I kind of had that, that real sense for about two weeks where, you know, I was kind of sat there thinking, I don't really want to get caught up in all the noise that's out there around the stuff that I would normally talk about. And then about a week ago or so, I made the choice actually to hold back. And I'll tell you why a little bit as we go into the next bit. But I have made that choice to hold back a little bit longer and just keep out of the noise, you know, just keep out of that. That's my choice that I've made myself based on, you know, my own personal brand, my own personal philosophies, my beliefs, who I want to be, you know, how I want to be perceived what brings me joy, where I think I can offer greatest value, etc. I've come to that decision, right? But for the first two weeks, I'd say now, I was just holding back for the simple reason. I thought, what the hell do I say out there? Everyone's shouting right now. How am I going to get heard? So if you've been doing that as well, maybe you need to reassess your situation like like I have and I've made that choice not to but maybe you need to reassess that situation as to maybe whether you should be getting out there and getting involved um a couple of members this week were talking about um feeling like you know other people were were saying the same things and there's a lot of people saying the same things and what came out of the, the the discussion in the mastermind rounds was really the fact that well yeah but actually you know what you're coming across really, really well, incredible in that marketplace. Um, also, you know, I keep seeing you. So, you know, you're right in my my forefront of my uh, my mind whenever I think about this particular situation or this particular dynamic at the moment, given the current situation that we find ourselves in, both nationally and globally, of course. And they said it was basically really fundamentally, it was a positive thing and that uh, she should definitely continue to put that content out there. And uh, and also, of course, the fact is that while she might be seeing it a lot out there because she's in the industry and therefore she's connected to these people and, you know, her, whatever the search engine criteria is on her Facebooks and everything else are pulling that content through for her because she's in that game. Um, people evidently aren't seeing that content all the time from everybody because she's still speaking to people that still don't understand certain rules or regulations around what's happening right now um, around, you know, in, in, in the country coming from government, right? Re- legislation and regulations and stuff. You know, there's people that, that just still don't know the uh, the state of the nation or the status quo. They don't know what the new rules are. And therefore, they're not obviously being saturated by that message. And therefore, she's the first person who they're hearing saying it. So here I am. Don't necessarily follow my lead by my choices. I want you to really assess for you, from your own perspective should you be getting out there and having these conversations right now? It might it might be easy to perceive that everyone's saying the same thing like I, I, I saw out there. But is that true? Or is it just true because that's what you're seeing on your feed because you're plugged into that industry? Also, you're tuned in mentally, tuned into that industry, and therefore you might be watching it more closely than other people. Is it true that everyone's getting saturated with the same message? Or actually, is it a perception that they are and your voice should be added to the mix, even though you're saying very similar things in very similar ways? Pause on that. Have a think. Maybe it's time to get out there and start putting your stake in the ground and start, you know, putting your face out there, putting your voice out there, putting your message out there. The second, obviously, strategy, tactic is go against the grain. 
Now, again, this is a well-proven strategy. Call it disruptive entrepreneurism, whatever. But going against the grain is a very powerful thing. Um, when you're talking about things like uh, the stock markets, you know, the big investors and that, I think it's Warren Buffett that famously said, when everyone else is selling, you should be buying. And when everyone else is buying, you should be selling. So in other words, go against the flow, go against that natural tide that's moving, because again, that's how you stand out. And if you think about some of the great innovations out there, um, whether you're talking about Apple with its uh, iPod or its iPhone, when you're talking about Richard Branson, when he launched his products, especially like the airline, for example, when you look at EasyJet, when they launched their product, they went completely against the grain. When Richard Branson got into banking, for example, you know, it was all really stuffy and Richard Branson uh, bought his own personality to banking. I always remember getting a leaflet about a mortgage and he did the flexi mortgage things back then. I think he was maybe the first to do it or certainly one of the only to do it back then where you could make these payments off your mortgage and, you know, borrow back off it or whatever it was. And I remember looking at the bottom of this flyer or this leaflet and at the bottom it turned around and said something like the boring bits or something, which was basically the terms and conditions. No one was doing that. You know, banking, no one was doing that. No one was speaking like that. It was all deadly serious financial stuff. And he put down the boring stuff or the boring bits. I remember when, um, when, 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 when the name of the bloody drinks, ah, the health drinks, I can't remember called now, bloody hell, it'll come to me. Innocent Smoothies, bloody hell. So Innocent Smoothies, when Innocent Smoothie launched, you know, I hadn't seen it before. I don't think many of us have seen it before where, you know, it was all playful. You know, the ingredients and stuff were all in there. It was all, you know, abiding by legislation in terms of, you know, letting people know the serious stuff, which is what's in the product and all this sort of stuff, nutritional values. But actually, a lot of it was really playful around the outside, the way it was talking about, again, you know, the boring stuff, the boring side or whatever. And now you've seen this, right? A lot of companies jumped on that bandwagon and now it's become part of a theme and a tide. And there's many people still capitalizing capitalizing on maybe some of the four, the the uh, the fronts that were pushed forward by people like Richard Branson or Innocent Smoothies, for example, you know, even, you know, Steve Jobs with Apple and that, you know, they created a theme of their own and then other people got in quick behind that. And even people to this day can still jump on that theme and jump on that bandwagon and they can still make a degree of success of it, you know, by doing the same as everyone else. But don't kid yourself. The ones that innovated it, the ones that were right up front with it, they went completely against the grain. You know, when everyone else was being deadly serious about banking, Richard Branson went a little bit more playful. When, you know, planes were all about, you know, class and all about, you know, luxury and what have you, you know, EasyJet came out cheap and cheerful and whatever. They they set the tone for a completely new message in the marketplace and they stood out bright orange, you know, I always remember that bright orange stuff and it just really just, you know, took the world by storm. Talking about orange, orange mobile phones, remember this? They used to have the double page spreads in the Telegraph and there would just be this like little orange box in the center of it or this little orange box in the corner or the word orange or whatever and they had these incredible campaigns where you know completely against what everyone else was doing everyone else was out there. there's a crowded marketplace everyone's saying the same things about mobile phones orange went out there and just had this orange banner this orange block this orange square um then they brought out obviously the slogan you know the future's bright the future's you know, the future's orange but they went against the grain at the beginning does this make sense when Apple launched the iPhone, you know, there were other phones out there, you know, smartphones and stuff like that. But Apple was the one that kind of really launched the smartphone market and um, and really was the you know the, the, the leader in this. Now, everyone's following suit and everyone's cashing in on following what Apple kind of did. But the big thing that Apple did at that time was when all the other mobile phone 
companies were adhering to the networks, Apple forced the networks to adhere to his phones. So they produced a phone and they made the phone that the people wanted, that they believed. And they made the phone that people, uh, to, uh, it was going to be usable in a way that they wanted it to be usable by, by, the, by the user. And what they did was force the networks to adhere to what they wanted their phones to do. Never been done before, okay? They went completely and utterly against the grain. Does this make sense? So I want you to think for a moment, should you be saying something different to everybody else. So if you've been holding back and sitting back, maybe overwhelmed by the amount of noise in your marketplace, maybe like I, I was worrying about whether or not you've got anything to contribute, but even if you have got something to contribute, like I really do believe I have, are you going to get heard and are you going to, you know, just look like everyone else, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe the time now is to go against the grain and start saying things that aren't the same as other people. So when everyone else is talking about isolation, is there something else you can be talking about? When everybody else is talking about the technology that you need in order to make homeworking work for you or the setup to make homeworking work for you, is there something else you should be saying? When everyone else is sitting there talking about keep fit, right? Look at the PTs, personal trainers and stuff. I mean, they're absolutely cashing in right now. I mean, they're getting Joe Wicks, you know, he's, he's a global phenomenon. He's always pretty, pretty uh, popular, you know, and, and, and I'd say semi-famous anyway. He's become a, a global phenomenon right now as people tune into him every single day with their families. And, you know, he's having a field day right now because, you know, he's he's setting the narrative and there's a whole theme there with personal training, which is you're in isolation, you're locked down at home, keep your exercise going. How can you exercise at home? How do you keep your kids busy? And there's a whole load. There's like a movement with that. Well, if you're a personal trainer, do you jump in on that bandwagon and do exactly the same as them? Or do you take a different route, a different tact? I don't know what it is. I'm not a personal trainer. The challenge for you is to think, you know, what would be the opposite that would still make sense, right? Make sense? So EasyJet went completely against the market at the time. And, you know, Apple may have gone against the market at the time. And Richard Branson certainly went against the market with banking at the time. But to the right audience, the right customer, it made sense. It probably didn't make sense to NatWest and Barclays and Lloyds at the time. And it might not have made sense to a whole load of customers that were still in that old way of thinking. They might have seen it as cheap, tacky, untrustworthy, whatever. But there was a big chunk of people that Richard Branson spoke to. So when he went completely against the grain, it wasn't that he was saying something that nobody wanted to hear. He was just going against the grain and there was enough people that wanted to hear and ready to hear and therefore to buy into his message and to buy into him and into his brand. And therefore for him, it was 100% the right strategy to do. And Branson's done this pretty much from the get-go, right? He's he's pretty much gone against the grain all the time. Him as a character, you know, we take it for granted now, all these colorful entrepreneurs out there and stuff, but in a world of, you know, gray suits and, you know, blue suits and blue ties and everything else, Richard Branson came out, he was very flamboyant, you know, he was a, you know, a hippie from the 60s and the 70s, and he really brought that energy, and he still does to this day, he still brings that that, that energy with him, he just doesn't necessarily stand out as much now because we're used to these colourful characters. But we forget that he was one of the absolute first out there to do this. And he did it by going completely against the grain. Of course, guess what? Load, bang, someone's going to take a shot at you if you do this. You will be open for judgment and potentially criticism. Of course, where EasyJet were, Richard Branson did. You know, it's not the easy route to go against the grain, innocent smoothies, etc. It's not the easy way to swim against the tide, but it is a way of getting acknowledged, getting recognized, standing out, being different, saying something different, 
and being perceived differently and therefore picking up on a chunk of people who aren't bought into the mainstream thinking or the main message. Does this make sense? So it's about picking out your people. I'm going to come back to Apple again. You know, 1984, it was the, the video where he released the, um, the the first desktop Apple computer. And it was that kind of dystopian world. And, you know, the, 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 the person came in, they came running in and they threw the hammer at the screen and smashed the screen. And it was all about being disruptive, you know. It was all about, you know, disrupting the status quo and bringing in a different narrative and saying things that were completely different and in doing so, finding their people. And that's always been Apple's kind of, um, you know, their, their methodology and their marketing and that is to find their people, you know. Um, I read once how Microsoft was, was about everybody. You know, they wanted to put a computer on everyone's table. That was their mission, to put a computer on everyone's desk. Um, Apple was much more about the individual and the, you know, the free spirit. And they maintain that whole message through their branding and everything else. And, you know, when they were going into the personal computer arena, and they were going against the grain, right? And their messaging was against the grain. And it was jarring. But because it was jarring, because it went against the grain, when you read the Innocent Smoothie bit, where it turned around and said, I don't know, you know, the, the boring ingredients bit or whatever, um, the playful stuff, it was jarring. And a bunch of people wouldn't have liked it, but a whole bunch of people loved it. It was refreshing. When I opened up that thing, I st I'm still talking about it now, 20, whatever it is, odd years later, Richard Branson, I remember getting this virgin bloody mortgage thing through my door and I had a little look at it and it was virgin. And you're thinking, oh, you know, Branson's into mortgages now and banking or whatever it was. And then at the end of it, you say the boring stuff. In that moment, I'm, I'm talking about it here now, 20 odd years later, because it was so jarring at the time. No one was doing it. No one was plain speaking like that. No one was being flippant. No one was, was um, you know, poking fun at themselves or at their own industry, for example. It was all deadly serious in banking and mortgages. And because of that, he, uh, he stood out, right? And he stood out to me and he stood out to many, many other people. So the question here now is, are you brave enough to go against the grain? Do you have something to say that people want to hear? Enough people want to hear, not everybody, but enough people want to hear or need to hear right now that sets you apart from everybody else. So I'm going to finish this with one last story. And that was when I uh, trained to be a coach, I don't know whether it was like 11 years ago or something now. And um, I've always been involved in personal performance and personal development and stuff. But I went and got my formal qualification about 11 years ago. And um, at the end of this training course, you could do like a little bit of a Q&A with the people that were leading the, uh, the, the sessions. And one of the guys was a business coach and someone else was like a life coach. Most of them are life coaches, I'll be honest with you. And I was really thinking at the time that I was going to go down the life coach route. It was about confidence and self-esteem back then. It still is actually a big part of what I talk about now, but confidence and self-esteem. So I was very much thinking down the, the life coach route. And I saw this guy and I really liked the guy. And he was the business coach. He was sitting all on his own and no one was interested. So we had like, I don't know, 15 people queued up behind these two or three life coaches. And this guy's sitting on his own. And me being the, the eternal people pleaser, I went up and, and, and just went out a chat with him. And he said, oh, you're interested in being a business coach. Now, if you go through my social media channels and my Facebook, etc., you'll see me in this era, I think, give or take, maybe a little bit after this era, but there's pictures on there which give you a rough idea of what I looked like back then. So, yes, I was lecturing at university and, uh, you know, I went against the grain. I kind of go against the grain naturally, not deliberately or defiantly. It just, I don't 
ever seem to fit in. I never, I never seem to to hit the trend at the right time, right, uh, with that style or whatever. So I did have a ponytail, and I did have. I didn't think it was a handlebar moustache. I look back on it now, and it looks very much like a handlebar moustache. I thought it was a cool goatee at the time, um, and you know, I'd, I'd wear shorts and t-shirts, and obviously, you can guess right now, and uh, the tattoos and the earrings and what have you. And I went, realistically, I don't think they're going to like me. Right? I don't think they're going to like me very much. And he sat down with me, had a little chat and that. And he said, you know what, George? He said, I think you should consider it. Right? He said, I think you should, you should consider it. And he said, when you go for business coaching, back then he wasn't talking about what I do now, like entrepreneurs and stuff like that. He was really talking about going into corporate and doing corporate business coaching. And uh, obviously it pays better, you know, and everything else. And he said, I think you should consider it, George. He said, because he said, let's say you're pitching to go into a corporate and they're looking at, you know, getting a business coach in, they're going to look at, say, 10 different business coaches, right? He said, and they're going to see nine business coaches in suits, the nice, you know, the cropped hair and the, you know, whatever, looking very sharp and very slick and everything else. There's going to be nine of them, and then there's going to be you. He said, and you're going to niggle them, he said, because what they're going to do is they're going to be intrigued by what the hell is this guy about, right? There's nine people all look the same. There's nine people that conform to what they thought they were looking for, what they were expecting to hire. And we said, what they'll do is they'll choose the top one or two, maybe three out of the nine that look the same. And they're going to talk to you because they're going to say, look, just get this guy in and see what he's about, Right. So he said, so obviously it's a deeper conversation. You've got to get your positioning right and your pitch right and all this lot. But fundamentally, in terms of how I looked and how I spoke and my whole approach, very much not the business coach. I never have been. I never will be. I'm still not. Nothing like your typical average business coach in any way, shape or form. So it would have been going massively against the grain. Interestingly, I I left. We did go, me and my partner, Tracy, obviously, Tracy, you know, we went into, uh, into like life coaching, confidence very quickly, into entrepreneurs, small businesses. And then, you know, what, eight years ago, we set up success groups and then Extreme Growth Masterminds, Success Group Plus, success groups then went online. And now our life is absolutely dedicated to helping business owners from startups, just give or take, all the way through to businesses, you know, doing, you know, eight figures and beyond. So interestingly, you know, he wasn't wrong, right? And when I stand in front of people, Tracy describes me swearing like a sailor and looking like an unmade bed. Um, Truth is, she swears more than me, but um, that's how she describes me. You know, she says, you're not going to see what you think you're going to see when you come and hear a business guy talking, whatever it might be. And my people find me super refreshing, right? They they like my take. They like my relaxed nature. I call it as it is. I swear I'm relaxed. Not because I'm trying to be anything else. I'm just being me 100% authentic and everything else. And it goes down really, really well with my people, Okay. The people who aren't my people, I do not go down very well with at all. They don't like what I say, how I say it. They don't like how I look. We had a guy um, say I was interested in your services, went to the website and saw, saw that George had a T-shirt on. If you can't be bothered to put a shirt and tie on, I'm not going to be bothered with him. And it's like, well, if I honestly, you know, if you honestly thought it was because I couldn't be bothered to put a shirt and tie on, of course you might think that. I don't wear shirts and ties. I've got like two ties and about three shirts and two of those shirts don't even go well with ties. So he's got nothing to do with that. It's his perception. He was never my person. And I'm quite happy that that guy never followed up with me, right? We would not have got on well. It wouldn't have been a good gel. But many people do love me, thank you very much, for who I am and what I bring and everything else. So that was a, a moment about 11 years ago, I think it was, 10 and a half years ago, where, you know, the guy 
gave me an idea, you know, which is, you know, I'm thinking I don't fit in. I'm thinking I don't conform. And he was saying, you don't have to conform. I think you will really stand out if you don't conform. And then, of course, it brings me right back to today when we're looking at the current situation we're in where social media has never been more crowded, in my opinion. It's never been noisier. Everything's got, everyone's got something to say. Everyone's an expert in what it is that you do. You know, you might have like spent 20 years like me, you know, in, in mindset, personal performance and stuff like that. And suddenly everyone's a mindset expert. Everyone's a personal performance expert, whether it's the coach that qualified six months ago, or it's the other business owner that's never even qualified in it or ever even coached in it. But, you know, everyone's an expert, you know, accountancy and, you know, furloughing, everyone's got something to say. But here's the thing, you go either with the tide because there's obviously an appetite for that and you can capitalize and cash in on that, okay? or you go against it, you swim against the tide, you go against the grain. Yes, you probably ruffle a few feathers, but guess what? You also stand out to other people. So I want you to just think about that before we close up today. Have a little think. Number one, should you be out there saying something right now? Okay. Or is it the right thing to hold back? Everybody seems to be out there talking right now, making a lot of noise. I've made the decision to hold back a little bit. Okay. So why? Because I think fatigue will set in. I think we'll get tired of the narrative. I think give it another two weeks, maybe four weeks, people will get bored of hearing about the same things. And I think that will be the time I will build up and I will still uh, I will start bringing my message in, which will be a very different message. The message I'm going to be bringing in, I don't think is appropriate 100% right now for the market. I don't think they're going to hear me right now. So even though I'll be going against the grain, I think I get lost in that tidal wave, that tsunami of messaging that's going out there right now. I'm biding my time, I'm holding back, I'm waiting. And as that curve starts to wane in terms of as fatigue starts to set in, when people are bored of hearing the same things, when people get bored of saying the same things, right, okay? Then it might start to go just a little bit quieter. And at that time, that's when I'm gonna build up and start bringing in my message. I say anywhere between, I don't know, two to four weeks, we'll see. And I'll start bringing that message in. So maybe that's the right strategy for you. Maybe it's not, maybe the right strategy for you is to get out there and start saying stuff right now, get in there and start commenting on stuff. And maybe it is about saying the stuff that everybody else is saying, but saying it your way to your audience and understanding that you'll pull your audience out, but also understanding that maybe not everyone is seeing it or hearing it. And therefore there'll be people that do hear and see it from you as their first encounter with that information, with that knowledge. Does that make sense? Maybe what you need to do now is go out there and go against the grain, swim against the tide. Yes, it can be a little bit battering. Yes, it, you can get judged. Yes, it might be the harder swim. Um, it might not be a safer route, but as the examples I've been using throughout this, you know, with Jobs and Branson and, you know, Orange, whatever, they went against the tide, against the grain, and that is what got them absolutely noticed. Last thing I'm going to say on this one, I know it's a bit of a long one here, but the last thing I want to say, uh, Tesco's. So when Tesco's uh, really launched, I don't know if you're old enough, you'll remember this. It was in the recession, and you know other shops were, were were pulling back and not spending money, and they were closing down shops during the recession. Tesco's was opening up a superstore once a week, right? As I believe, a store every week was being opened throughout the recession. It cost them absolutely full. They went all in. When everyone else was pulling back, Tesco's went all in. Once we got out the other side of that recession, Tesco's was the number one shopping, uh, you know, supermarket brand in the country. And obviously it's gone on there and gone on and gone on into this, this, this monolithical company that it is right now. And it did it during the recession because it went against the grain. Everyone pulled back, it doubled down, probably even 10 times down. 
Does this make sense? Another story I heard just recently about Cadbury, someone shared in one of my groups, and they were saying that uh, during the Second World War, chocolate was obviously very much in uh, little supply. People didn't have access to chocolate, couldn't really afford chocolate, and all the chocolate companies pulled out of advertising and pulled back. Cadbury's carried on advertising. Even though they weren't selling their product, they didn't have much of a, a market out there right now, they carried on. So when the rest of the world was pulling out, okay, that was the theme, that was the trend, they went against that that wave, they went against that trend, and they carried on marketing, and they, they, they increased their marketing as far as I can understand it. And what it meant was, was when they came out the other side of the Second World War, theirs was the product that everyone knew and everyone remembered. Okay? I can't tell you what's the right strategy for you right now. It's just to get you thinking. Number one, should you be saying something right now? If it's yes, should you be saying the same as everybody else for the reasons I've already said? Should you be going against the grain and saying something opposing or opposite to what's going out there right now so that you stand out? Make sure there's enough of an audience out there. Not everyone, just enough of an audience out there that wants to hear it or ready to hear it or needs to hear it. And if you don't need to put something out right now, when's the appropriate time for you to start getting yourself out there? I have seen three examples, right? Oh, sorry, I've seen examples of all three of those throughout my success groups and my success group plus and my success group uh, Extreme Growth Mastermind members. I've seen where it's been appropriate for people to shut up, pull back, wait a little bit, maybe like I am, and they're going to pounce a little bit later. I've seen other people that's absolutely right, like I've already explained that lady, where it's absolutely right to get into that conversation and go with the flow. And I've definitely seen opportunities where people need to be going against the grain and doing things differently to everybody else in their industry or certainly, you know, the general themes in their industry. And for you, I just want you to think about this for a little while. Think about what the right strategy is for yourself right now. They're all valid. It's just trying to work out which is the best one that's going to serve you, your business, your customers, your clients, your prospects right now. Okay, thank you for listening. Hopefully that was food for thought. Give it some real thought, give it some real investigation and then go out there and apply your strategy consistently, deliberately and tenaciously. If you are a small business owner and you're struggling right now, don't forget I've got the six-figure fast-track masterclass webinar waiting for you. Whilst I appreciate that extreme growth might not be on your mind right now, you may have your back against the wall, you may be fighting from your back right now, the thinking behind taking your 30, 40, 50K business to 100 grand or more in 12 months is the same thinking that's going to help you keep your business alive right now and maybe even, dare I say it, grow it right now. At the very least, I'm telling you now, you need to have the right business model in place. You need to have the right mindset in place and you do need to have the right day-to-day methodologies in place at any time in business But right now, you need to make sure that you have the right business, the right mindset, and the right day-to-day activities in place that are going to get you the result that you're going for. If it's survival right now and just hanging in there, then the same rules apply. If you're looking to grow your business, the same rules apply. In a bad economy, a good economy, and whatever the fuck this economy is right now, it's the same rules that need to apply. So even if you're not thinking about extreme growth right now, the same rules apply. Please go and check that out if you haven't done so already. You'll find 
find that at www.biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk forward slash fast track. I will drop the link in the descriptions below. If you are feeling a little too isolated out there, if you're feeling you're not surrounded by the right people, the right business owners, you're not surrounded by people that understand your unique challenges or understand your way of thinking or just understand why you're working so hard, why you're sacrificing so much. If you want to get yourself around like-minded entrepreneurs and business owners who are absolutely putting their gloves on right now, standing up in the face of this huge adversity right now, and they are coming out swinging. They're not giving up. They're not rolling over. They are fighting. They're fighting for themselves, for their businesses. They're fighting for their families. If you want to be around that kind of environment of creativity and innovation, of support, nurture, and accountability, then please do drop us a line. We've got success groups online. No matter where you are geographically, we have Success Group Plus for those people that are looking to fast track to 100K or more. And we have our Extreme Growth Masterminds. These are for our business owners have already broken 100K plus in turnover and they want to double year on year. We have been supporting now for over eight years through Success Groups, business owners from literally 10, 20, 30K all the way up to 10 million pound plus. If you want to be part of an absolute kick-ass community, I can't think of a better time than right now. Give me a line, drop me a line. I'll put our contact details in the description as well. We'd love to have a chat to you and see how we might be able to serve you, support you, and get you where you want to get going. Either way, I will see you next time. And until then, as always, be successful, but also stay healthy, stay safe, and stay in the game. Leveling up, extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up.